Five o'clock in pirate country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. I want to hear the collective songs, uh, soul song, December, for December 1st. I wanted to enjoy some more Bertie County peanuts. Delicious. A little snack before the show here. Give me a little protein boost, a little kick of energy. I like it. You got to power through. Got to power through. Especially if you're me nowadays. You got to power through, baby. Hey, welcome in, everybody. Collectives, uh, the ref, Philip Pilkington, across the way. Great job this week. Um, Collective soul, leave it, kind of bring it, leave it under me a little bit here. I'll have to bring it down a, a smidge, just a smidge. Oh, perfect. There we go. You know, they uh, many, many moons ago, Collective Soul, around this time of year, played an acoustic set in Greenville. Really? How about and that? and uh, our station was responsible for it. We like put it on. So you had Collective Soul. Sarah Benella. Benellis? Sarah Benellis? Delightful. She just was starting out. And then, um, oh gosh. I cannot think of the other girl's name. Vanessa Carlton. Now, you know, here I was, a man about town. These great rock musicians were in my town, Greenville. I was the quasi-ambassador. I wanted to welcome them as we went backstage. And Sarah Benellis couldn't have been any just more delightful. She's perfect. Lovely. So lovely. But Essa Carlton, not such a fan. I went in for the embrace. I'm a hugger. Not now, but then I was a hugger. I was going in for the embrace. But Essa Carlton took a half step back, threw up both hands, the double Heisman, and went, whoa. That is forever known in Greenville lore as the Vanessa Carlton step back. Oof. Yeah. There you go. That's my that's my story of collective soul in Greenville. It was a fun night. It was a little bit of a disastrous night, but it was a fun night. 
disasters, does that mean you don't remember all of the night? Oh, no. I've, I've, unfortunately, I remember a lot of the details of it. It was a disastrous night. Uh, it is, uh, But those are stories for another time. Stories for another time. Uh, great to have you with us here. First day of December. Hard to believe it's already here. Uh, we've got uh, Brian Mall, our pal, coming up. We'll talk some college hoop with him. Also, Tiger Woods. Didn't really get into this yesterday. I didn't have time to, and I know you had a lot of uh, ECU-related audio from Mike Houston's radio show uh, on the back end of the program yesterday as we went 90 minutes leading into ECU basketball coverage. So I, I really don't think uh, we I, – I played the clip, I think, early in the show, but that was from the interview. Tiger had a press conference yesterday, which basically said the same thing. Um, so I'm going to, I mean, look, Tiger's leg could have been amputated. He even said as much. And, uh, the fact that he's even thinking of, you know, at what level of competitiveness, but at least playing golf, mind competitive golf, just playing golf is pretty re- remarkable. So Brian Mall with the caddy network, he covers college basketball, blue ribbon. Uh, we'll talk to him about those two topics, uh, coming up, uh, tickets to give away to the ECU Gardner web game. We'll do that out of this first segment. A family four-pack, so stand by to dial in a few minutes. We'll also have uh, some post-game remarks from uh, Joe Dooley. Uh, and uh, Vance Jackson, who played uh, really, really well. They were kind of waiting for that from Vance Jackson last night, and he had uh, 21 big points, and the Pirates uh, needed every single one of them as uh, they uh, knocked off Old Dominion. I thought that was it was a fun game, at least it was for me. You know, not the most aesthetically pleasing game, especially in the second half, but that's the way Old Dominion wants to play. And, look, Old Dominion did a fine job to grind it down and actually have a lead in the final minute of the game. But uh, Pirates answered. Nice little move out of the timeout to go zone, kind of threw Old Dominion off. Got to make your free throws. Whole thing would have been moot, but uh, ECU also kind of did a good job there at the end as well. So, Pirates are uh, now winners of uh, five in a row at home. And uh, they are also uh, six wins, which is the most in eight seasons in the month of November. So that's a nice start for Joe Dooley's bunch. It's good to talk to Coach Dooley afterwards. We'll, uh, We'll have Coach's comments coming up in a little bit. I guess some of the news out of yesterday as far as Pirate football goes and Tomorrow is the three-year anniversary of Mike Houston and John Gilbert being hired at East Carolina. And I am uh, told there there could be some interesting announcements coming tomorrow. You know, they've been working on contracts for Mike Houston. Coach Houston has said as much. John Gilbert has said as much. Contract, new contract for Coach Houston. And, uh, you know, getting some more money into the assistant coaching pool, which does need to happen. But John Gilbert also, uh, I know they've been working on a new deal with him. I think a lot of it is term. And look, you know, so much was happening in the last 18, 19 months. You know, John Gilbert gave up 20% of his salary, essentially. You know, they had to make cuts. He was he cut 20%. You know, could you I, look, and I've had zero money. Uh, before in my life. Uh, so I know what it's like to have zero money. But, you know, you, you get through things. But I'm just saying 20% of any kind of salary, whether you're making a big number or average number or a low number, you can't do that. You wouldn't want 20% of your money 
take it away. Well, no, because you buy a house and you, cars that are for the budget of whatever right. you're making, and then all of a sudden you're making 80% of what you were making. Right. And Anyway, some of that happened in the last year. I, I, I took some cuts on some stuff in the last year, but I, I had some increase in some other areas and, and found some other work. It just kind of, you know, that's all kind of adaptive. But point is, you know, he was very upfront about, I'll take the, you know, if we're going to have to make cuts, we need to, one of the cuts we're going to make is to my salary. So I think, you know, John Gilbert's a pretty stand-up guy from my, my interactions with him. I like John quite a lot personally. And uh, I think he's done a fine job. I think he's done a heck of a job. And he's been very forthright. But uh, we'll see tomorrow. I know there's a, a board of trustee meeting. Uh, in the afternoon, so uh, we'll see. We'll have uh, maybe some some further news on that coming up uh, tomorrow or perhaps overnight if we get some more things solidified. Uh, But just keep in mind, tomorrow's the three-year anniversary of the hiring of Mike Houston and the hiring of uh, John Gilbert. And it is also the final Houston huddle, coincidentally, of the year. Coach will be with us at... uh, could do it late morning tomorrow, I think, before this Board of Trustees meeting. May have been by design. But uh, we'll we'll talk to him late morning tomorrow. We'll get that up on 94.3thegame.com, and then we'll bring you some of the highlights or maybe the whole thing in its entirety uh, tomorrow here on the uh, radio show. So that's what we're looking at there. I guess some of the other news that has come out as well is uh, Holt Naylor's and what his future is going to look like reportage. Um, and it's not really so much reporting as it is He's told uh, someone on a podcast he does, uh, I guess, I'm kind of reading this secondhand, but uh, that he and I guess he and his family are going to make a decision what he's ultimately going to do. This is all still kind of cagey to me because he's. I don't, we don't exactly know what he's deciding on. Is he deciding just, I mean, we, we know he's making a decision whether to return to ECU or not for a fifth year, which he can do, but is that, where would is the plan to go enter the portal? Is the plan to look at options to go pro? Is the plan to go into to a third world country and and build water systems? I mean, we there's no real, you know, at least that I can find idea of what he's deciding on. Other than will I come back to ECU or not? And he said he wanted to do it before the bowl game, which I find a little curious because you would think you would not want any attention. Because we're you know three weeks out, a little more from the bowl game, eh, four weeks out, but you would think you would not want, you know that that sort of being take, taking anyone's mind away. Let's just say from the task at hand, which is you know finish your semester academically, but also be ready to go uh, for the bowl game. You look like you're chomping at the bit. So what? Well, he did say that he will make the decision prior to the bowl game. Right. But he did not confirm whether or not it would be public. So he may internally make the decision and himself, his parents and Coach Houston may right. know, but they may not go public till after the bowl game. He said he had not yet decided on that but, either. But am I am I wrong? Is the decision, at least what's been talked about publicly, whether he'll basically return next year? I mean, he's not really given up any other info other than that, correct? Yeah, he made it kind of clear that there there are multiple options on the table. It's not strictly return or I got you. one other thing. Mm-hmm. Well, look, I'll, I'll say this as well. The all-conference team came out today. 
Uh, I've only seen the first two teams, which the fact that McMillan's on the first on the second team and not on the first team is criminal. Uh, Keaton Mitchell made the first team, and uh, Owen Daffer, how about that, made the first team. I I would say Owen Daffer came a long ways from that first uh, attempt at an extra point in Charlotte where he slipped, and everybody thought, ooh, this is going to be a long year. Yeah, he has definitely uh, redeemed himself from that one. No, absolutely. Absolutely he has. Uh, So congratulations to them. We're again on this in the... our pirate report and update coming up as well. But, you know, if he is planning something that would not involve going to another college or university and he's maybe feeling out any possible potential professional prospects, I just seems like there's a lot of quarterbacks in this league right now that would have better pro not saying he couldn't do it, but have better prospects of, of that happening this year. And there's some really good quarterbacks in this league and also around the country that will never get a shot at any of that, that, you know, at least right now seem like that they're perhaps better quarterbacks. Uh, he's had a heck of a year. Really, really pick things up, and as kind of Holt Naylor's does, he gets better as the year goes on, and that's what he has done. Uh, but I, I just, and this again, I've said this before, I haven't made a huge deal out of it. This is just my gut uh, feeling in the conversation that we had with him in the preseason. The way he worded, I just got the vibe that, hey, if we go to a bowl game, I can make a decision with a clear conscience of whether or not I want to maybe go try something else somewhere. And he didn't say that, but that's just that was sort of the impression I got. Maybe it's a wrong impression. But I just I think the idea of I want to lead my hometown university and, you know, kind of return football glory to ECU. And, and look, big bowl game. One of the better, I, I, anything after Christmas is a better bowl game to go to. That's a great bowl game for, for this program. So I'm, I, look, if he decides to, to, wherever he decides to do, if he decides to leave, I think everybody should give him a hearty pat on the back and thank him for what he's uh, done to get the program back to bowl status. If he decides to come back, should look forward to, you know, having a guy that's got a lot of experience and could leave here as the all-time leading passer quite easily uh, if he does come back for a fifth year. So I, I, I think there's the reaction to all of that could be interesting. Uh, again, this is just, you know, my sort of observation. I have no insider insight. I'm not really provided any insider insight with that camp, and I'm cool with that, but it's, uh, it's just kind of interesting. I am interested to see what uh, does end up happening again uh, at this Board of Trustees meeting uh, tomorrow. And, and I would just say, keep in mind, it is the third-year anniversary of Mike Houston being hired and uh, John Gilbert being hired as, as AD. All right, um, we'll get a break. Come back, go through some of the basketball last night, give you some thoughts on that. Another joy to work with Cy Seymour on ESPN+, and I'm so thankful for, for that. That's a lot of fun. We had a good time last night. A lot of basketball royalty in the building last night. Dave Torzik is the uh, just a legendary hoops player in the NBA and college, and he does the radio for Old Dominion. Bryant Stith, I talked to Coach Stith the night before the game, and uh, Bryant Stith's probably a little out of your era, actually a lot out of your era, but think early 90s ACC, eight, maybe nine teams, and Bryant Stith was a dude. 
in the late 80s, early 90s with like the Christian Leitner, Grant Hill, uh, oh gosh, you know, Fire and Ice, my guy Rodney Monroe and Corciani, Rodney Rogers at Wake. I was never a Tar Heel fan, so I can't like rattle off some of their players. But I mean, you know, it's around the time J.R. Reed was, I mean, guys that went on to be NBA guys and guys who've been in the Hall of Fame. Rick Fox, I mean, you're talking about like legit dudes in the ace. That's just tobacco road. That doesn't, you know, it's not, I think uh, Walt Williams was up at Maryland. He was like Magic Johnson in college, could pass and score and rebound. And there was Bryant Stiff sticking 2,500 points on that gang uh, in his career. So it was kind of cool to talk to him. And then uh, my buddy Billy Lee was in the house. Billy Lee, uh, Coach Campbell to that NCAA tournament appearance in the early 90s against Duke. And uh, kind of that Campbell team kind of captured uh, the imagination of uh, the country and because Billy Lee was so uh, personable. And Coach Lee and I actually, for two seasons, did TV for Masson. So I got to uh, do a few games with him over the years. So it was good to see uh, him last night. He was sitting front row courtside. Did you do some Orioles games at Masson? No, no. I was just a basketball guy. Worked my way up from the D announcer to the A announcer, which was uh, – I think you were still kind of the D announcer if you were the A announcer, but still, it was fun. Those were those were good times way back when. All right, uh, so four tickets can be yours to ECU Gardner-Webb. The game is at three. There's a women's game before that at noon. Uh, I, I could not find the women's tickets, but I'm sure we could work something out to get them to you if you want that, if you want to kind of make a day of it. I don't know if they're going to turn the house or what they're going to do, but we can at least get you tickets to the men's game. And look, if you show up with men's tickets, I'm sure they're going to be happy to let you in the women's game if you want to catch all of that or maybe the second half of that on Saturday. Uh, but you got ECU Gardner-Webb. Uh, GWU has won uh, four to, three in a row or four in a row uh, coming in. They lost to Duke in blowout fashion in Cameron, and ever since then they've it's four in a row that they've uh, rattled off. And uh, they can score some points. They're fun to watch on offense. So maybe we'll get out of these games that are uh, these – kind of half-court rock fights and, and get a little up-and-down basketball on Saturday because I think that's where ECU can really thrive. But uh, Gardner-Webb and East Carolina and your chance to win a family four-pack of tickets. Uh, we'll uh, do that right now. Caller 5 at 252-561-GAME, 252-561-4263. Golf and college hoops with Brian Mull and our pirate report straight ahead. Caller 5 will be the winner of uh, family four-pack of tickets, ECU and... Gardner Webb, good luck to you dialing in. 252 561 game, 561 4263. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up. On your flagship home of Pirate Football. 94 3, the game. Dr. Philip Goldstein and Dr. Danielle Hofat, the specialists at Carolina Digestive Diseases and Endoscopy Center, want to keep you healthy. These two doctors provide personal consultations and offer treatment and quality care for all your GI needs. Just call the office at 252-758-8181. Appointments are always available within five business days. Hi, this is Dr. Philip Goldstein reminding you that a colonoscopy can save your life. Visit our website, cddgastro.com, and come see us at Carolina digestive diseases dear past present and future football watchers football is back just how you remembered it tailgates with an ice cold pepsi in hand totally back that between play sprint to the fridge for more pepsi is back baby (laughs) i've really missed this 
Anyways, consider this your official excuse for always putting football watching first, courtesy of Pepsi. That haircut appointment? Your mom told us you look great, so you should probably reschedule. Seeing the in-laws for the first time in ages. It's been so long. Nope, sorry, Susan. Not if it's on Sunday. Long story short, after the year we've all had, we think you could use a little football watching. So crack open a Pepsi and cheer your football watching face off. With love, Pepsi. Made for football watching. <sighs> That's what I like. Hi, this is Billy Parker from Parker's Barbecue. Did you know that we cater? Let us cater your next private event, church gathering, or backyard party. From traditional pig pickings to regular chopped barbecue, Parker's has anything you need. Parker's, where you're always treated like family. It's Wednesday, and you know what that means. It's Kids Night at Moore's Barbecue. Let us take care of dinner tonight for your little ones. Every Wednesday night, kids 10 and under eat free with the purchase of an adult meal. So come into one of our five locations in Winterville, New Bern, Moorhead City, Swansboro, and Jacksonville. Bring the whole family. There's always enough great food for everyone. If it's not Moore's, it's less. I'm with my health insurance agent, Bill Jenkins. Bill is an employee benefit specialist and life insurance agent from Town Insurance. Bill, give us an update on Town Insurance here in North Carolina. Town Insurance is a top insurance and employee benefits agency in North Carolina and ranks in the top 50s nationwide. We have primary offices in Greenville, Kinston, Wilmington, Raleigh, and now Charlotte. And, Bill, what are areas Town Insurance specializes in? With our experienced account management team, we specialize in employee benefits, including group medical, dental, life, vision, disability, and voluntary options for employees. We compare these options with several of the best carriers in the market and assist businesses on benefit administration as well as employee education and enrollments. And how can a business best contact you to review their employee benefits program? Give us a call, 252-756-8300. Call today as the best time is now to come to town. Like us on Facebook for breaking sports stories and the latest from around the Pirate Nation. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. That's 94.3 The Game's Facebook page. Like us and follow us there today. Yeah, you know what we is. Sometimes you gotta stay in, in. Welcome to my house. Baby, take control now. We don't always get a chance to do this, but uh, I like it when we do. And that is, uh, come back to me so I can hear myself. No, I'm kidding. Kidding. We got a winner. It's uh, Davis and Bethel. And uh, from time to time when you win the tickets or whatever we're giving away, I like to talk to the people. It's what makes me who I am, ref. I, you know, I, I like to talk to the guy out there listening or the lady out there listening because I'm. it's the 90s, so I'm progressive. Uh, this is Davis and Bethel. Congratulations, Davis. Thank you for listening. And thank you for thank calling you, in man. and winning the uh, family four-pack of tickets to ECU Gardner-Webb on Saturday. Yeah, I'm happy to love listening. You're the one. All right, no, I'm kidding. Thank you for – I really do appreciate it. So what I like to do yeah. is like somebody like you who calls in – I mean, because you could be doing any one of a million things right now. I want to give – so this is your time. You can make a statement. You can ask a question. You can ask the ref, Philip Pilkington, a question if you want. And trust me, if you go down that rabbit hole, you don't know what you're going to come up with. You're, you'll be shocked. It, whatever you want to do, you make st- whatever. Just don't be profane. That's all. I, don't get me sued. Those are the only two qualifiers. Don't be profane and get me sued, and you can do whatever you want here. So it's kind of your time since you 
took the time to call into the show. I want to give you a chance, yeah. a little open mic, open floor here. Yeah. Well, uh, last night I asked Ref Phil, Ref Phil to come and watch the Duke game with me. I guess he's probably glad he watched it not with me last night. <laughs> yeah, Ref's a, Ref's a Dukey. Yeah, you're probably lucky I didn't watch it in your house because uh, <laughs> Casey had to endure some uh, profane language at my house. Casey did? Yeah, because Casey was watching me. Davis invited me over to his house. Okay. And, uh, I turned him now, down. Now, this was not a, you, the fix is not in on these tickets. He he was the fifth caller, correct? Yes, he really was the fifth caller. All right. Well, we're saying that for the record. All right. So, what what do you any, anything else, David? Other than uh, the, the you were spurned by uh, by the ref as far as an invitation to come and hang last night. Anything else? <laughs> no, I, mean, I was at the game last night. It was the students finally were getting into it. So it was good to see the students finally kind of getting into the game and with the you can't dunk chance. So it was good to see students getting involved again. I know there's a lot of the freshmen and sophomores who had an experience ECU basketball before, so it seems like they're starting to catch on a little bit more and more, so it's good to see that. All right, this is where Davis is an excellent caller. And Davis, thank you for calling in. I appreciate it. This is where Davis is an excellent, excellent caller. Congratulations <laughs> on the tickets. You make the host look good with a call, right? That's the design of the call, to make the host look good. This is a great point that he made. And I was thinking that on the broadcast last night. And that was we finally have the students getting into the game a little bit last night, which is was great. I wish they would get a little more into the game last night. Now, I'm not wild about having the students behind the TV, personally. I think they ought to be where the hard camera is. They need to be on that other side, in my opinion. But I don't make those decisions. It would make it look more full because we definitely have more kids sitting on the student side yeah. than we do on the opposing side. And I think as hopefully the Pirates will continue to rattle off some wins in the non-conference, uh, I think when kids come, when the when the youngsters, when the students come back in the second semester, I think a lot of them will be, they'll see, hey, the basketball team, and hopefully this will continue, is playing pretty well, got a good record. I'm going to want to go to the games now. I'm going to want to go and get behind the team a little bit. And so I think that is a huge – look, That I've said this. When that building – I mean, I've seen it at its worst, and I've seen it when it's jam-packed in there and there's a great – I mean, when you pack people in that building, it's got a great atmosphere. I thought Saturday was – even though the crowd was decent, I thought it was kind of uh, – I think they were still hungover from Turkey and maybe other things. But hungover from the football game Friday, right? Well, that's why I said another thing. And I just, I that building just didn't have a lot of energy, and I didn't think the team played with a lot of energy. The students helped energize the team last night, and the fans got a little more into it. And I, I just, I think there's a good way to have the students come and get a little more into it. And it was cool that they got on the guy. I mean, they were really good with the chance. You know, Trice got the ball one time, and when he got it, they. Started with the you can't dunk chant. He passed it. They quit. Got it back real quick. They picked it right up. I thought that was an awesome moment. So, I, yeah, I mean, look, I'm, I'm a basketball guy. And I would love to have our uh, – I would love to have our games have that kind of atmosphere, and I think the students are a big part of it. If you get the students invested, get them fired up, and look, this look. You make eleven threes and a half, fifteen for the game. I mean, that's that's a pretty high level shooting right there. They're shooting the ball better. Fifteen of twenty seven beyond the arc. Yes, yeah. uh, something over fifty percent. Remarkable, remarkable. They were down around thirty seven, which isn't a bad number on the season. That was their average coming in. 
and there you go. I would say do Pirate Report here, but I don't think we're going to be able to get it all in in enough time to get Maul in, and we, we're kind of on a tight window with Maul. So are you ready to do your update? All right, why don't we do that, and then we'll get Brian Maul in the break. So let's uh, go to the ref, Philip Pilkington. We'll save the Pirate Report for a little bit later on. Here's some of Joe Dooley's comments, give you some more thoughts on East Carolina hoops and the win last night by a skinny point over ODU. And uh, right now, with a lot of baseball hot stove and more, the ref, Philip Pilkington here. Brian Mull coming up after PP, the ref, with a Sports Flash update. Philip Pilkington here with your 94-3 The Game Sports update. NFC's quarterback news, Daniel Jones and Jalen Hurts have both been banged up, and both guys have said that they are expected to play in their respective games this weekend. The 1983 AL Cy Young winner for Chicago White Sox, Lamar Lamar Hoyt, has passed away at the age of 66, and they said it was due to a lengthy illness. A lot of big signings out of Major League Baseball. The Mets have signed center fielder Starling Marte to a four-year $78 million deal. Red Sox get starting pitcher James Paxton on a one-year $10 million deal. Mariners Robbie Ray, also a starting pitcher on a five-year $115. And the Strohs get reliever Hector Norris on a two-year $17 million deal. On to the NBA, Bam Adebayo will need thumb surgery on his right thumb as he messed up a ligament the other day. Kobe White is the second fully vaccinated Chicago Bull to test positive for COVID-19, and Devin Booker will miss a few games after sustaining a hamstring injury in last night's win over Golden State. They said the reason for keeping him out will be precautionary. Jack Hughes signed an eight-year, $64 million deal with the New Jersey Devils. Also on to college football now. The new college football playoff rankings are out. They go Georgia, Michigan, Bama, Cincy, Oklahoma State, and Notre Dame. Georgia and Cincy, the only teams undefeated in that group. Everyone else has one loss. On to college football, Arizona hires UCLA defensive line coach Johnny Nansen as their new D.C., And Malachi Nelson, who was the number three overall prospect out of the 2023 class, was originally committed to Oklahoma, will now go to USC and follow Lincoln Riley. To college basketball, top-ranked shooting guard in the 2023 class, Robert Dillingham, will go to NC State. Last night, ECU topped Old Dominion, and they did it with coming up with a steal on an inbound pass late in the game, and here's what Coach Dooley had to say about the steal. Well, we, were, we talked about keep everybody in front of you. Uh, we, were, we were lined up behind the guards in the slots, and it, they had the big fella, had a zip key at the half court, so we figured something was going long because there was a guard behind them. So we, we switched it. We had, um, if you look on, Brandon Johnson was actually guarding the guard, and, and Tristan Newton was guarding the zip key. So when they threw it, Brandon, that's how Brandon was standing there. And I wasn't sure they were going to try to throw it to the big fella and then hand it back or anything, but uh, we were fortunate that uh, Brandon was able to steal the ball. Staying with East Carolina news, the AAC first and second all teams have been announced and on the first team from the Pirates is running back Keaton Mitchell and kicker Owen Daffer, making the second team linebacker Bruce Bivens, cornerback Jaquan McMillan, slot receiver Tyler Sneed, and punter John Young. That'll do it for your 94-3 The Game Sports Update. After this, Brian Mole joins the P-Man. The new Ace Hardware is open in Greenville at the corner of Charles Boulevard and Fire Tower Road. So get ready, Greenville, for great customer service. The new Ace Hardware features great grills from Traeger, Weber, Big Green Egg, and more. 
plus name brand tools like Husqvarna, Milwaukee, DeWalt, Craftsman, and the new Ego line. The new Ace also has a full line of Benjamin Moore paints. Get ready, Greenville. The new Ace hardware store is open. Come see them at the corner of Charles and Fire Tower in the old Rite Aid location. Last year, you helped us raise over $60,000 to make sure local kids had a Merry Christmas. This is uh, the whole community coming together today to help some people who need it. This year, we're doing it again. Interbanks Media's Operation Santa Claus Radiothon is back on Friday, December 3rd from 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. at Great Harvest Bread Company on Evans Street in Greenville. We'll be teaming up with Greenville Fire and Rescue and the Salvation Army, collecting toys and monetary gifts for kids in need. This year will be even bigger as we make sure kids in ENC have the best Christmas possible. Hey, we know things are not 100% back to normal, and times are still tough for a lot of people. That's why we're making sure the kids are not forgotten this holiday season. Join us at Great Harvest Bread Company on Friday, December 3rd from 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. And while you're there, pick up your tickets for the Embers Christmas Show. We'll see you at the Operation Santa Claus Radiothon with Interbanks Media. Chico's Mexican Restaurant is the home of the best margaritas. Grab your amigos and head to Chico's every Tuesday for the Gulp of Mexico, a huge 46-ounce lime margarita for only $6.99. On Thursdays, relax and enjoy half-priced pitchers of Chico's house margaritas. Choose from lime, strawberry, blood orange, raspberry, or peach. For Mexican food and fun, it's got to be Chico's in downtown Greenville and now available through DoorDash, featuring a half gallon of the famous margarita mix to go for only $9.99. Chico's, where the fiesta never ends. This year, U.S. Cellular is making a big deal out of the holidays. You can choose any phone from any brand free. That's right, any phone you see in our store is free. And get unlimited data for our best price of the season. Just $30 a month per line with four lines. Feel the locally grown joy from U.S. Cellular, America's locally grown wireless. Limited time offer. Terms apply. See uscellular.com for details. Now that life is returning to normal, we've found a lot of good things that came from the pandemic. One of them is not having to go to the wireless store anymore. The Cellular Warehouse team has been in the business of delivering phones to your home and office for 20 years. People found out about our free delivery service and they love the ease of getting a new phone, tablet, or hotspot. Call Toby Williams today at 252-799-7051 so you can start experiencing the joy of never going to a wireless store again. 252-799-7051. Cellular Warehouse, your local U.S. Cellular authorized agent. Get the latest on the East Carolina Pirates each day on the Patrick Johnson Show with our daily Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates and Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. 94.3 The Game. Yeah, not before this. No, not before. Yeah, yeah, not before. Exactly. Uh, welcome back in. Uh, we have uh, Pirate Report coming up. I always like when we have Brian Mull on because uh, I got out my blue ribbon book last night when I got to the arena just to freshen up on a little reading of ODU, which is uh, even still would be a valuable thing for a college basketball fan to get. It has a, a, a capsule on every team in the country coming into the season. It's an awesome book. I like that. I would I'd be interested in random college basketball. So yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, you need to go get go get a book. 
and uh, put it on. Write it off for the end of the year. You can write it off on your taxes, Philip. You're, you're going to learn all about all that here. But um, I'm reading through the capsule and I'm thinking, boy, this old Dominion. This is a lot of good information. A lot of good nuggets. I'd read it before, but I was really reading it because it was, you know, the game was about to be on. And uh, I get to the bottom of the article, and our guy Brian Mole's name's right there at the bottom. How about that? So that I recognized all these great nuggets. That's my guy uh, Mole there, dropping knowledge. Brian Mole at BG Mole on Twitter, covering college basketball for Blue Ribbon and others, and uh, with the Caddy Network covering golf and others. Mole, how you doing? I'm doing well, Patrick. I hope you are. Yeah, doing great. Uh, great uh, little, great little capsule on ODU. I, it, like I said, it was a. Uh, Oh, thank you. I try to try to give the people what they want. Well, you did in that case. All right, well, I think we ought to start with Tiger uh, from yesterday. And I, I found kind of two different sides of this. Uh, if you're talking uh, mainstream media, you know, not just ESPN, but, you know, the national news networks, you know, non-golf entities, let's just say. Uh, such, you know, Tiger will never play full-time again. Is this the end of the Tiger Woods era? Et cetera, et cetera. When I listened to some golf coverage yesterday, golf-specific coverage, it was a real, it was kind of a different tone. It was, you know, a thankful Tiger Woods, a guy who has perspective, a guy that realizes he's very fortunate to be, uh, one, alive, two, be able to have both legs walk. And uh, it's a miracle three that he, you know, could even fathom picking up a golf club and, and playing a round, let alone a competitive round. So I, I just found the contrast in that unique. Now, I will say one thing about golf media. A lot of suck-ups in that thing. And, and I think they realize Tiger is the golden goose. And so I, I'm just, are we somewhere in between, I guess, in the coverage here? I mean, what, what's the real headline out of out of the last two days. The headline to me is uh, Tiger's walking without uh, assistance. And, uh, you know, posted a video last week of hitting a few golf balls and uh, talking about potentially playing in a golf tournament at some point within probably the next year. And I think anyone who uh, saw the car that he pulled out of last February uh, would say that all of those things are uh, are kind of a miracle, you know, in a way. So uh, gratitude there that he could live a normal life. And uh, look, at his age, uh, just based on the history of golf, he's on the very backside of his career anyway, uh, you know, had the accident not occurred. So I think uh, we're, we have a new generation. He's in a different role uh, as more of a, you know, heading towards being a Ryder Cup captain elder statesman of the game anyway. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's great that he would wants to play. And, you know, he referenced in an interview he did the previous day, he referenced Ben Hogan, who late in his career would only play, you know, half a dozen, four, five, six events a year and uh, try to be as competitive as he could in those tournaments. And, uh, I think it'll help any event that he plays in. I certainly, you know, think it would be the, the majors. And, uh, I'm just glad to, glad to see that he's, that he's back, whatever whatever happens to cause that accident, a lot of that's going to re- remain unanswered. Uh, and uh, just glad he's back and healthy and spend time with his children. 
Brian Mull with us here. I want to talk some college basketball with you, but let me get one more thing in on Tiger here. And, and you know, as a fan of golf, I am a fan. I, I really like uh, the PGA season, by and large. Um, not only the big events, but even in when we're in season in the summer, I do like watching. You know, it's it's a nice wind down before the work week on Sundays, watching uh, some tournaments for me. So, you know, I do pay attention more than sort of the average fan, I guess. You know, I, I'm I'm not in it as deep as you are, but I'm, you know, not just the guy that watches, you know, one or two majors or four majors or whatever. This is the end though of, of, you know, moving the needle in a big way. I mean, the game is in great health. The numbers are okay. They're not great. They're pretty good, but they're not great. They'll probably never get to where they, they were. So how long is this window post Tiger not being a full-time player anymore before because I mean you know I'm aware of NASCAR and never was a huge fan I've tried to get into it multiple times but they just they can't get out of their own way in that sport uh yeah I don't like the NBA anymore that much I, I just don't really watch it that much until the playoffs and even then it's a little bit of a chore uh, so I mean in my opinion there are things that major sports do Baseball is a great example. I, you know, it's just it's tough to now to commit to watching every single game. I, and when I was a kid, I loved watching everything, keeping up with it. So, so how does golf keep the good times rolling post Tiger? Well, based on some recent uh, news from the from the tour, with they're going to try with money. Um, <laughs> certainly, <Right>. uh, <laughs> uh, just expanding uh, the purses, the FedEx Cup pool. Uh, the guaranteed money events, uh, and even looking into adding a few more events only for the top players with guaranteed money. Of course, all of this being done to fend off the uh, tour that Greg Norman has now had a back by the Saudis, but uh, try to keep as many of their stars playing in America in their tournaments and even some tournaments abroad that will be co-sponsored by the European Tour. Um, you know, it's we're not probably – going to have in our lifetime a, a singular figure dominant golfer like Tiger Woods. And uh, can the game survive without that? It'll be interesting to see. I think so. It's healthy. I think we have a good batch of younger stars who are very uh, personable and, and, you know, kind of live and play the right way and uh, are extremely talented, enormously talented, with taking advantage of the, you know, all the advantages of technology and equipment and fitness of this era. So, no, I mean, it's a great question. Uh, I think there's a, a plateau is, is certainly, as far as ratings and interest, is certainly to be expected. You know, maybe in five or ten years, another dominant player comes along, but uh, I, I just don't know that there, there was never like anyone like Tiger truly before. Uh, certainly can make comparisons to Arnold Palmer, others, but uh, I don't know that we'll ever see anyone that will have the impact that he did on the on the professional golf game. Yeah. All right, Brian Mull, uh, Caddy Network, also Blue Ribbon, other outlets as well, covered college hoops. So let me ask you a little bit about uh, just some thoughts. Uh, Joe Dooley's got his team off to the 6-2 and two start. They are uh, in uh, really, really, um, you know, First half, they've been spectacular, especially the last three games. There's this malaise that is just, you know, coming out of the, the locker room. And I don't know if Dooley needs to do a seance or, or what at halftime. But, <laughs> I mean, there's got to be something because you three games in a row, and you're fortunate to have won two of the three, 
uh, the second half has just been dismal. So I get it. The you know good coaches on the other side, guys are on scholarship, that sort of thing. So uh, just your impressions at this point, and, and how do you how do you continue to uh, you know keep uh, keep things going as well as they've gone offensively and, and sustain that for a full forty minutes? Yeah, that's tricky. Uh, the you're, you're right. I mean, they've been incredible. In the first half, I was fortunate uh, I was able to go down to the, the game against Davidson, and I, I thought uh, they played almost perfectly in, in that first half. And then, uh, you know, Davidson made a couple of adjustments. And second half didn't go quite as well. Uh, you know, it's a great question. I don't know if Joe needs to, to if pep talk or no pep talk, or uh, uh, it's really hard to know what buttons he needs to push there. I think they're at six and two, they're about where I thought they would be in the schedule. Came out. Of course, they've, they've made it a little more interesting than they probably would have liked with a couple of these home oppo- opponents. But at the end of the day, a, a victory is what you're trying to accomplish. And I think he has a nice roster, a uh, nice blend of, of the guys who have been available, seeing different guys step up on uh, different nights. He has two two very talented freshmen that seem to be, uh, you know, Felton's getting to play more and more. And I think he has a bright future. And Brandon Johnson, what a what a surprise he's been. Uh, every team can use a guy like that that hustles and rebounds. So uh, I think they're headed in the right direction. Um, you know, I, I feel like Joe's doing a good job with his team. I sat kind of near the bench. Had my daughter with me, was not on press row at the game at Myrtle Beach. Was kind of just keeping an eye on things and everybody on the bench was, you know, really calm and positive. And that's what you want. Uh, you know, they're going to have to just keep improving and, and figure out. Uh, how to sustain that energy in the first five minutes of the second half. Cause that really seems to be where, where they lose it. And then all of a sudden the other team has some confidence and it's a ball game. We got Brian Mole with us here uh, with uh, blue ribbon. He also uh, uh, covers uh, golf and uh, college basketball. So let me ask you about uh, Gardner Webb. What's the primer on them? They've won four in a row coming in on uh, Saturday. Yeah. Tim Kraft, former unit, excuse me, former former ECU assistant, mm-hmm. uh, now the head man there, has been there for uh, for seven, eight years, replacing Chris Holtman, who has uh, led Ohio State to a little victory last night. And uh, Tim is pretty much widely regarded by the other coaches in that league as one of the best, if not the best, in, in that league, uh, just with the schemes and uh, the way his teams play year in and year out. They've finished 500 or better in league play every year. One uh, one NCAA tournament appearance uh, three or four years ago, and actually led Virginia in the, in the first half of their first round game. But uh, they're solid. They've got some nice size. They have two two post players around six eight six nine that that offer some shot blocking and uh, a good good amount of athleticism on, on the wings. Uh, they they aren't afraid to run a little bit, but they kind of like to control the game and and run their sets and and, and play at their pace and stay kind of organized, so I think ECU will need to try to speed them up a little bit and get them into more of an open court game, but uh, Gardner-Webb's a solid program. They'll most likely finish top three or four in the Big South once again. All right, Brian Mole with us here. You mentioned Ohio State last night. They beat Duke down 13 at the half to the Devils in Columbus, and then uh, this sort of half-court mumbo-jumbo that, uh, look, Duke's employed it. They've rode it a couple times to a national title, kind of remaking the way the team plays. Uh, but I've also seen Duke teams, I think, that needed to get out and run a little more 
kind of, uh, you know, sees it sort of chokes away because you need to have guys out that are studs running, not if they've played that way, especially for 30-some games. Um, that kind of delay game, half-court deal last night, came back to cost Duke. What else did you see? No, I mean, you nailed it. They, uh, they took control of the game in the first half by forcing turnovers and getting out in transition where they're lethal and uh, playing aggressively on defense. And then it seemed like they got that double-digit margin. And I don't know if uh, being a young team or the first road game or some combination of the two, but uh, they just were executing anything on the offensive end. I mean, I couldn't tell you what type of shots that they were trying to get on a lot of those possessions. Uh, it just seemed like this, the sole purpose was to run the shot clock down into single digits and, uh, you know, then have somebody try to go one-on-one or isolation, whereas on the other end, Ohio State was very, very specific in what they were trying to do and which matchups they were trying to attack, and they knocked down a few three-point shots, got the crowd into it. Um, there you go. That's uh, – you know, big lesson to be learned there by Duke, I think, not only for the players, but for the staff. But this team seems to me to be eight deep, and uh, they need to they need to get out and, and try to force tempo. I mean, a low, a low possession game is not in their favor. All right, tonight in this uh, ACC Big Ten Challenge, uh, Carolina and 24th-ranked Michigan, and uh, the uh, Tar Heels lost got pummeled by Purdue and then beaten by Tennessee. Finally shook UNC Asheville last time out. You know, it's, it's t- you move over to the head coaching seat. seems like it's been a little tough for Hubert Davis. Uh, what do you make of the, uh, the matchup tonight? Well, their defense has been terrible. And I think yeah. anybody that's watching the play would tell you that. Uh, they, they have a pretty good offensive team. I do think the transfers, Garcia and Manic, that they brought in are more offensive-minded guys, you know, shooters as opposed to uh, wanting to get in there and kind of mix it up. Baycott's been phenomenal. And I think the guards have played better. You know, uh, Love and Davis have, have made that nice jump that you would hope for, for highly recruited, uh, highly touted players coming in and sticking around for their second year. I mean, they both look uh, more comfortable, but I just don't see a lot of defensive intensity. I would imagine they've talked about that quite a bit the last week or so in Chapel Hill, so I would imagine you would see a little bit more tonight. Uh Certainly a winnable game for Carolina. Michigan's not what they were last year. They've lost a lot of key pieces, and uh, you know they're they're kind of figuring it out as well. So uh, be be a good barometer for where Carolina's at. I, I still think it's a tournament team. Uh, I think they've got a lot of talent. They're they're starting five, probably the second best in the ACC. So uh, they've just got to, you know, you can't trade baskets and uh, expect to be really talented teams, which Purdue and Tennessee both are. Hey, Brian, appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Patrick. Have a good one. All right, there he goes, Brian Mull. Yeah, you too, Brian Mull. Uh, Caddy Network and also Blue Ribbon. Uh, we've got Rose football against Jacksonville, 730 Friday night in the 3A East Regional, the chance to go to the state championship game. Coverage of the Rampants on 94.3. The game is brought to you by the law firm of Hardy, Massey, and Blodgett, Sam Pollard and Son Heating, Air Conditioning, and Plumbing, Stadium Sports, Careway Office Solutions, Bowman Pageant and Associates Dentist, and First Bank. Now time for today's Pirate Report. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. And it's brought to you by 
Comfort Master and Comfort Air of New Bern. Call Comfort Master for your, all your heating and AC needs. Lewis Farley and Robin Bowman, two great pirates. Also by Texas Roadhouse of Greenville, just named the number one Texas Roadhouse in the nation with legendary food and service. All right, thank you very much. Brandon Suggs talked about the final two possessions uh, at ECU's one-point win over ODU at home last night. Uh, yeah, just put it up there, and it happened to fall. But, we, yeah, we was worried about getting a stop. We knew that we could get a bucket. We just worried about getting a stop and a rebound, and we did it. This is Suggs talking about uh, the Pirates' improvement defensively. Just more communication. Everybody talking. Not afraid to tell each other what they're doing wrong. Everybody just taking, like, corrective criticism, and we getting better. Vance Jackson also at that uh, presser. And he talked, uh, along with Suggs, about the Pirates uh, rebounding better and uh, closing out possessions uh, with that defensive rebound. Well, we did better, I feel like, but it's still some like some stuff that we need to work on with it. Like I don't feel like we did enough like with it, but it was all right for me. You know? Yeah, Coach Dooley, you know, uh, all we did last week was just rebounding, so I'm pretty sure we're going to be doing the same thing. <laughs> Tomorrow and the next day, preparing for uh, this game on Saturday. So, um, but yeah, we still got to work on our rebounding, though. You know what I'm saying? Other teams getting too many like offensive rebounds and things like that. Once we limit teams to just single shots, I feel like we should be we should be all right. Yeah, ODU did uh, pluck a couple last night. There's a couple turnovers too that gave the the Monarchs the ball back in a position to score. Uh, you know, a point which was kind of in a way a second chance. Uh, bucket or two and that's what kind of kept him in that game um this is vance jackson on his night shooting six of seven from behind the arc for 21 points ball was just going in the day it felt good to see it go in about time but um you know what i'm saying just i'm not really uh my teammates they believe me the coaches that believe in me so you know what i'm saying uh my confidence is never flawed, so you know, just keep shooting, and uh, games like this will happen. And it just feels good to just see the ball go in. And uh, he talked about knocking down threes against the zone. Uh, we've been preparing for uh, their defensive scheme all week. Um, it was in a one-three-one, so we knew it was gonna get open shots because the middle was open, and so we just had to just knock it down. And shots was falling, and it just feels good to see them go in. Joe Dooley recapping the Pirate win last night against ODU. Well, we're getting to work on a lot of special situations. Um, I thought we did some good things. Uh, first half especially, I thought the ball moved a little bit better. They did a nice job of changing up their zone coverages. Uh, I thought after a slow start and we turned it over quite a bit, I thought we did a nice job of getting the ball moving. I thought the same thing happened for a little longer spurt in the second half where they got also a little bit stagnant offensively, and then they did a nice job of really hard hedging ball screens. Um, and then now the other thing we need to do is when they did hard hedge, we need to make some layups. I think the other day we had 12 shots in the restricted circle we missed, and we probably had a bunch of them again today. So we need to finish some of those at the uh, at the rim. But I thought the guys played hard. I thought we did some some good things, and uh, you know uh, we got a defensive stop to win the game, so it was good. All right, uh, let's uh, play the last cut here. This was Marlon Leston who got to play some important minutes last night the freshman the five-star kid out of Canada well I mean he's been getting he's been at every disadvantage for what happened you know getting here late this summer and uh, then having to uh, 
you know, quarantine, all those type of deals. But he's, he's getting in better shape. He's a really, really hard worker. He wants to please. I thought he did a nice job for not having been in the game, you know, battling with the Zipke and batting with Trice. And uh, he did what he was supposed to on, on his defensive assignments. Uh, made one little mistake, which could happen because he was excited. Got called for an illegal screen. But Marlon gave us good minutes, and hopefully uh, he'll grow with the minutes. As he gets uh, kind of in shape and gets – he'll play more this year, and I think he'll be really good. Uh, Marlon Lester will be five star out of Canada played in the U S went back to Canada. You know, they were locked down. He really couldn't get a lot of ball played last year with the COVID year. And then, you know, they had to trans, you know, there was a translation process with his transcripts and all that. I mean, there's a lot of things that kind of took it a while to get done to get him into, uh, university this year. And, uh, Anyway, all right, uh, big thanks to Brian Mole. Thanks to the ref, Philip Pilkington. We'll see you tomorrow. Mike Houston will join us for the Houston Huddle. Catch a cut they lacking the stamina. Way too advanced to be playing with amateurs. They're on attack when they tackle like damage. They react and play it back on the camera. High boy, just consider me flammable. Sure shot, I got all the intangibles. Need a leash, I'm a beast, I'm an animal.